Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. It's finally here, the regular season opener. Today is the big prediction show. I'll tell you how many games the Timberwolves will win this season. I'll also give West and Eastern Conference standings predictions, individual Wolves player predictions, and we'll close with the Wolves-Raptors preview of tonight's season opener in Toronto. It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy NBA regular season. Well, actually, Timberwolves regular season opener day. Uh, the NBA, of course, kicked off Tuesday night, but it's all happening tonight for the Wolves. Minnesota is at Toronto. We're going to preview that at the end of the show. Plenty to get to first. I'll get my final predictions heading into the season First, so off the top, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. Wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. That's on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X, formerly known as Twitter, at BBeacon and also at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. All right. It's happening. It's tonight. Timberwolves at Raptors. Get excited. I have a lot of predictions to get to, so I'm going to jump right in. I'm going to give you right here off the top. I'm not going to bury this in the show. We're going to hit it right away. My Wolves record prediction, my win total prediction for the Wolves this year. And then I'm all, I'm going to give some reasoning as to why, because it's fairly optimistic. I'll just tell you that right now. And then I want to talk about Western Conference standings, Eastern Conference standings, some individual Wolves player predictions before we get to Wolves-Raptors towards the end of the show. So here it is. Without further ado, my Timberwolves win total prediction for this year is 49 wins. That makes their end-of-season record uh, 49-33. and 33. Of course, we have the, uh, well, eh. Not actually, because there's the weird, the play and stuff in the middle. Whatever. Call it 49 wins. Just call it 49 wins for the season. And here's why I think that. And let me give some additional context. The FanDuel over-under, or the FanDuel win total prediction, um, on which you can, the win total you could bet over-under on, is 44.5, which I think is quite low, obviously. I'm taking them to win 49 games this year. And I'm going to give, actually, a little bit later, my six favorite over-under um bets based on based on the win totals at FanDuel. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But I have the Wolves at 49 wins for a couple of reasons. So first of all, this would be seven games better than where they finished last year with, of course, 42 wins. Three games better than two years ago. Chris Finch's first full season at the helm, the year in which the Wolves took the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Wolves as the sixth seed took the third seed in Memphis Grizzlies to six games in the first round before bowing out. That was before the summer of the Rudy Gobert trade. This would be winning three more games than that team, seven more games than last year's team, and and I think it's completely doable. This team last season was the number 10 defense in the league. There's no reason they should not be a top five defense this year. Rudy Gobert is a walking top 10 defense himself. Anthony Edwards continues to improve defensively. Jaden McDaniels continues to improve defensively, which should scare everybody because he's already the best ball screen navigator on the perimeter in the league, at least in terms of wings. And he is the best point of attack. uh, Well, the best isolation perimeter defender in the league, um, according to B-Ball Index. 
this should be a top five defense. Oh, and by the way, Mike Conley replacing D'Angelo Russell, that makes a big difference too. No, it's not the same Mike Conley that was in Memphis, you know, a half decade plus ago, but he's still a very good on-ball defender and a fantastic team defender. So you're talking about a starting lineup with four out of five players that are above average defensively at their position, Carl Anthony Towns being the quote-unquote weak link. But remember, as we've talked about before, and I'm not going to get too in the weeds on this right now, the Wolves have the ability to do so many different things defensively, whether it's Towns guarding a four, Towns guarding uh, a lower usage player on the other team, and just allowing Jade McDaniels to fight through screens on the perimeter, or basically having Mike Conley and Jade McDaniels stay home and fight through screens. They could switch. That's probably the least likely thing that they would do besides maybe playing a zone. Or they could play Towns at the five and just have him blitz pick and rolls like they did two years ago pre-Rudy Gobert when Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly were just blitzing and wreaking havoc on the perimeter. Have Towns blitz the pick and roll. Rudy Gobert roams the back line and basically plays free safety, you know, blocking shots left and right around the paint where Towns is using his length and aggression on the perimeter instead of being in a drop where Cat gets lost. He's blitzing pick and rolls. You're using the length of McDaniels and Anthony Edwards to, to jump passing lanes and get the break started the other way. There's no reason this should not be a top five defense. For some additional context, last year, the top 10 defensive teams in the league, according to Basketball References defensive rating, won 51 games. That was the So the best defensive team last year won 51 games. Number two won 51 And then I'm going to go on down the line. 51 wins, 51 wins, 57 wins, 58 wins. Those are your top four defensive teams. Your fifth best defensive team was 40 and 42. And then you get into 42 wins, 45, 44, 54, 42. So the average win total for teams with a top 10 defense last year was 48.4 wins. The Wolves were number 10 on that list with 42 wins. Look at that top five again, though. 51, 51, 57, 58, and 40. Now, the Timberwolves last year, the offense can't be worse, right? I mean, it it technically could because they were 23rd. But should a team with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns ever be worse than 23rd in offense? Like, that was atrocious given the amount of talent on the team. Now, of course, Towns only played in 29 regular season games. I, I get that. But this team had no business being 23rd in offensive efficiency last season. It won't be that bad this year. It will be significantly better. And if you assume, like, let's just say it's the 15th, 16th, somewhere middle of the pack offense and the defense improves, this is at the very least a mid-40s win total team, which should get you above that 44.5 win total line over at FanDuel. And I'm going to go all the way to 49. Now, remember, what did I just say? Top 10 defenses last year, those teams averaged 48.4 wins. I'm going to round that up to 49. That That's what, like... All these things together, this is I think this is a high 40s win total team, and I'm going to be optimistic and go with 49. Of course, given relative health and everything, um, you know, we're not talking about, well, no, I'm not going to say anything related to health. I'm not health. I'm not going to tempt fate at all. I'm just going to leave that there. The uh, So my logic here is this is easily a top 10 defense, very well should be a top five defense. The offense is not going to be worse than 23rd last year. And if you assume relative health, and Carl Anthony Towns plays more than 29 games, and Ant continues to ascend, and Jaden continues to ascend, this team could win 49 games. And that's my official prediction for the team this year. I'm going to give where I think they are in the West right now. Then we'll do Eastern Conference. I'll give you my six over-unders, and we'll get to Wolves' predictions in the preview later. So quickly here, Western Conference, what I have 
I have the number one team in the West being the Denver Nuggets. I and I have them they're over under at FanDuel's 52 and a half. I still have them under, a slight under. I think they win 51 52 games. They won 53 last year. Um so I you know, they're going to be the number one seed. They're really good. I think that it's likely they have I, I don't think they're going to stay motivated and healthy all season long to win more games than they did last year. That's a tough thing to do in a really tough conference. So I think they're a slight under on 52 and a half, but they're still the best team in the West. I have the Warriors at the second seed, which not a lot of people are doing this. I think their depth, like usually the Warriors are middle of the pack in the West in most predictions I've seen, but I think it's going to be the opposite of last year, where last year it was kind of like coasting to get into the playoffs, some nagging injuries, resting guys here and there. There's going to be a little more of that, but I think having Chris Paul is going to help. Like, for instance, opening night, Draymond Green's out, Chris Paul starts, right? Like, that's real depth. I think the steady hands of both Chris Paul and Steph Curry and some relative health luck this year get them to the two seed in the West. I think they're over the 47 and a half. My, my guess is the Nuggets win 51-52. The Warriors are in the 48-49-50 range. I have the Wolves as the three seed over 44 and a half, obviously. Um, I do think they win 49 games, which I guess would be in the Warriors would be at 49-50-51 if they're going to be ahead of the Wolves. So I think those three seeds are very compressed. I don't know that the top seed in the West wins more than 52 this year because of how good the West is. I have the Lakers as the four seed. Uh, this is where it gets real jumbled. I have Lakers four, Suns five, Grizzlies six. You could order those any way you want. I tend to think, now, you know, I'm I'm not going to change it. I'm going to say Lakers four, Suns five, Grizzlies six. But you could flip around that order any way you want, and uh, I'd be okay with it. I think they'll be separated by a game or two. The Grizzlies, of course, finding out Steven Adams is out, um, that knocks them down quite a bit. Of course, the Joss suspension as well. The Grizzlies are probably the t- one of the top three teams in the West if they're fully healthy and available, but that's not the case. They lost Tyus Jones. They're not quite as deep. Um, so I have them six. The Suns are going to be really good in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be as good in the regular season. Now, obviously, I still have them as the five seed, so they're going to be a you know a really good team, but they're really top-heavy, uh, and, and they're going to have to weather... I mean, Devin Booker tends to miss some games. Kevin Durant tends to miss some games. Like, go on down the list. Bradley Beal, uh, maybe less so, but still does. So I have them at five. I have the Grizzlies at six. I have the Thunder at seven, Clippers at eight, Mavs at nine. That's another grouping of three. If you told me Mavs seven, Thunder nine, Clippers eight, Clippers seven, I could, like, health is going to, what, what health for the Clippers matters the most. And they're they're the one team that, I mean, it's what, the Clippers and Pelicans, who I have at 10, by the way, depending on Zion's health and then Kawhi's health and, and Paul George's health, these teams could be anywhere from one to 10 in the Western Conference, like very literally. Uh, that's that's how tenuous our injury situation is. So I have Thunder 7, Clippers 8, Mavs 9, Pelicans 10, all those teams under their over-under totals. I have the Kings falling out of the play into number 11 after being the three seed last year. Again, slim margin for error in the West. I think they're probably only going to be out they're going to barely miss it. Somebody's got to miss it of those 11 teams, right? I think it's the Kings. I think they have worse injury luck, worse injury luck this year than they did last year, which was unbelievably lucky. I think that some of that offense is maybe unsustainable. Some of the late game clutch stuff from De'Aaron Fox and others is maybe unsustainable. The defense just isn't good. Um, I, I just don't see them. If somebody has to fall out, it's going to be the Kings. I have them at 11. I have the Jazz at 12, Rockets 13, Blazers 14, and Spurs 15. Yes, Wimbanyama is unbelievable, uh, but I don't think he plays 75-plus games, and I don't think the Spurs are super motivated to 
uh, to win 30 plus, right? So I see the Spurs as 15th in the West. That's my Western Conference projection. So Timberwolves 49 wins at the as the three seed behind the Nuggets and Warriors by just a couple of games. Uh, and then Lakers, Suns, Grizzlies, Thunder, Clippers, Mavs, Pelicans right out the top 10 in the West. Let's get to the East next. We'll also talk about my favorite six over-under picks league-wide. Um, and then we'll get to Wolves predictions, player predictions, and also the Wolves-Raptors preview at the end of the show. That's what we'll do here yet today. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had playing daily fantasy. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season. It's super easy to play. You just select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats and you place your entry. Like, for instance, this week on Prize Picks, you could have selected Jordan Addison, Vikings wide receiver, um, over 75 yards or less than 100 yards plus Lamar Jackson for more than one passing touchdown. You would have crushed that one, right? Jordan Addison, I think was in that range, 75 to 100 yards, filling in for the injured Justin Jefferson. It was fantastic for the Vikings. Um, and Lamar had a great week too. But you could pick uh, more, greater or less than their, than their projection for the week. You can even cross sports as well. It's amazing. It's a ton of fun to play. It's the most fun to play, most fun way to play daily fantasy. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured as well. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that has injury insurance. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, code NBA at prizepicks.com slash NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, every day is Tomorrow on the show, it will be the post-game podcast. We're doing post-casts a little differently this year. It'll be over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube feed and audio feed. And uh, I will not be doing the live post-cast, but I will be doing the post-game pod, which will post pretty much every morning after, like 5.30 a.m. Central is usually when that'll post the following morning. So check out... Uh, Thursday show for the postgame pod from Wednesday night. We'll also take a peek ahead on Thursday and Friday to the weekend. The Wolves don't play again until Saturday after Wednesday night. So that's all upcoming on the show here this week. All right, moving on to Eastern Conference standings projections. Here's what I have for you. In the East, I'm going to rattle these off pretty quick. I have the Celtics as the one seed. I have them over their 55.5 win total projection. They're going to be the best team in the NBA this season. Regular season playoffs, you name it. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday. I don't like that's perfect, right? Like there's a lot. Obviously, Porzingis could make an impact. I, I, I'm less inclined to count on him due to his injury history, but uh, they're going to be the best team in the league. I have the Bucks also at over 54 and a half and as the two seed. Sixers, the three seed, but under their 49 and a half total projection. They're so hard to predict because of James Harden, but turns out they still have Joel Embiid. The Cavs, number four in the East. I think the top four are pretty much solidified, depending on what happens, I guess, maybe with James Harden, but I think that's your top four. The Knicks are in fifth in the East in my predictions. The Heat, six. Raptors at seven. More on the Raptors here in a minute. Actually, a lot more because we'll preview that Wolves matchup too. I have the Nets at eight. The Hawks at nine. Pacers at 10. And then I have the Hornets at 11 just missing the play. And I think they'll be better than most people think this year. The Bulls at 12. 
Magic 13, 14 is the Wizards, and 15 is the Pistons. I think the Pistons are probably the worst team in the league again this year. I think the Wizards may be a little better than people think, but I also believe that they won't be motivated to win a ton of games. So that could be like a weird get off to an okay start and then just bottom out as the season goes on. Um, My favorite over-under picks league-wide. The Timberwolves over. Because I have them winning 49 games. Their over-unders at 44 and a half. Like I, that's five and a half wins over, which is huge. My next biggest one over would probably have to be the Raptors. I have them winning. Um, what did I, I guess I didn't predict their exact total, but I, you know, their win total projections, 36 and a half. I think they win 40 plus games. I really do. I think Toronto's better than people realize they've still got, I, I know first year coach makes people nervous. I get it, but I think that's a pretty easy over. So I have wolves over. I have Raptors over. Um, I'll give you one more over. I've got the Hornets over. Their win total prediction is just 31 and a half. I think they'll win in the high 30s, maybe mid 30s. Either way, that's a lot more than 31 and a half. LaMelo Ball is better than people remember. Yeah, he's really bad defensively. He's got some other issues, but he only played 20 some games last year. Like if he's healthy, and I know the Bridges thing's a disaster, obviously, but I still think this is at least a mid 30s win, win total team. So I have them as an over as well. Unders. I have the Chicago Bulls under, probably only slightly. Their predictions or their totals, 37 and a half. I think it's a slight under. I think the Kings are a little bit of a bigger under. Theirs is also 44 and a half, the same as the Wolves. I have them finishing 11th in the West. I think they're probably right around 40 wins. It is it maybe 41, 42 wins at best. Um, but I have them under 44 and a half regardless. My last one is I have the Suns under. For the reasons I mentioned a minute ago, a few minutes ago, it's a really top-heavy team, and they've got older players that are going to take some nights off. They just they just do. They don't have to get the one seed, right? And their win total is 51.5. They don't need to win 50 games. They just need to win like mid-40s, high-40s. You know, their goal would be to try and cruise in and get that home court advantage and, and whatever, get the three or four seed. I don't know that that'll work out the way they want it to, but this is still such a good team with so much talent. I think they'll be in that three to five range, but I have them finishing fifth. I mean, they could very well be fourth, right? But I think either way, they're going to be under 51 and a half wins this season. So I've got them as an under as well. So real quick, Wolves over, Hornets over, Raptors over. And then I have Bulls under, Kings under, and Suns under on win total projections this year. My last preseason prediction thing I want to get to is Wolves specific. Let's talk about that right now. Some Wolves predictions. I gave a couple at the end of the show on Tuesday, if you missed it. these are I'm going to hit these very quick. But I'm accountable to them later this season. We could revisit this. I'm going to save this document. We're going to talk about it later. I promise. I did this last year with some things that I missed on some stuff. I was right on some stuff last year. I think both Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards make the All-Star team this year. I think Anthony Edwards makes an All-NBA team. I'm not going to commit to which one. Probably second or third. I don't think Cap makes All-NBA. I do think Jaden McDaniels will make an all-defensive team. That award tends to lag behind by a full year, and that's where we're at. He should have made a team last year. I think he makes it this year, and uh, that's that's my Timberwolves award prediction. I'll throw another one in there. I think Nas Reed will get sixth man of the year votes this year. I don't think he'll necessarily win the award. I worry about consistent minutes for him. Maybe I shouldn't, but I still think that's something to keep an eye on is, is how Chris Finch gets him on the floor um, and if he defends well enough to stay on the floor as the four in a lot of different stays on the floor at the four in a lot of different lineups, 
I think he'll get six man votes simply because he's going to score a bunch off the bench, right? Like when he's in the game, the ball's going to find him. He's going to he's going to get shots up. So I think Nas will get some votes for six man of the year. I also think the Wolves will have two forty plus percent three point shooters and two that are. 38-39, between 38% and 40%. I think Mike Conley and Carl Anthony Towns will both shoot north of 40% from three. Conley just did it last year. Cat did it, I think, three of the last four years before last year. Um, and then I think both Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels will be in the 38-39% range, which should be a tick upwards for Ant and a tick back down for McDaniels. And I think Kyle Anderson, who shot a career high by far, 41% last year from three, will be below league average this year, so 35-ish percent from three. He shot his you know shot the lights out last year and i like i don't think that happens again so these aren't really like outrageous predictions but i'll, I'll repeat myself two 40 plus percent three-point shooters conley and cat two that are between 38 and 40 percent and ant and Jaden and kyle anderson will finish below league average and then my last thing is my wolves record prediction after 20 games of the wolves at 13 and 7 i said this on the minnesota basketball party last wednesday we all gave our 20 game predictions and while the schedule's a little tricky to start, there's some winnable games in there, and it's imperative that the Wolves get off to a good start. Uh, you know, partly for Chris Finch's sake, partly for, um, well, it's obviously always important to get off to a good start. But also, if this, like, flip that, like, say disaster strikes and they're bad, you know, I can't imagine a world in which, I hesitate to even say this, which they're like 7-13 and 13 after 20 games. But that's when the Carlton Towns trade stuff crops back up very quickly. And for good reason, because this team's going to be in the luxury tax a year from now, most likely. So this team has to get off to a good start to kind of quell that talk and really for us to feel very positive about the season as it's ongoing. Uh, they've got to be at least 12 and eight after 20 games. I think they'll go 13 and seven after 20, and I think they'll win 49 and finish third in the West. All right. Is that enough predictions? I, I just rattled off a ton of predictions for the last 20 minutes. Let's get into Wolves Raptors, a quick preview of that game. We'll do that here next. All right, the Timberwolves are in Toronto to kick off the season on Wednesday night. And the Wolves saw Toronto, like, real quickly, the biggest change for Toronto is obviously Nick Nurse isn't there anymore. Uh, they've got new head coach. They've got um, uh, Fred Van Vliet, obviously gone. Otherwise, much of their rotation is pretty similar. Um, they, they they acquired Thaddeus Young last year. They've got Jakob Pertle in the fold now. Gary Trent Jr. likely is going to be coming off the bench. So... What I like about this Raptors team, I just talked about them being over. Um, I didn't really go in depth on that, did I? I meant to. Um, well, let's talk about it now. I think they'll be over because I think this is just a deep team. Like the headline is Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet leaves, you know, mediocre team. This team's not going to still be mediocre, right? They're going to be worse. Maybe, but like the rotation's not bad. You've still got Scotty Barnes. You've still got Pascal Siakam. You've still got OG Ananobi. Um, You've still got Precious Achua playing for another contract. Like this is a a deep enough team in a Eastern Conference that is the depth of it's decent, but it's it's not as dangerous as the West, right? Like they're gonna pick up a bunch of easy wins against the Magic. I think the Magic will be worse than people think. Bulls, Magic, Wizards, Pistons are all bad teams. You could convince me that so are the Hornets, right? Those are like the Raptors will eat against those teams and they'll be competitive against the Knicks and the Heat, probably they could be just as good as them, right? Like the only teams to really fear in the East are the Celtics, Bucks, and maybe the Sixers, and I guess the Cavs. 
they're going to pick up some easy wins just by virtue of having a deep professional roster. And the upside of Scotty Barnes is still very high. So I think they're an easy over. And I think they win, you know, 40 to 43 games this year in the East. So this 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 um, season opener is not an easy one. It's never easy to open on the road. Um, and here they're going to be in Toronto against a team that wants to prove something, has a young coach looking for his first victory as a head coach in the NBA. Um, last year, the Timberwolves beat the Raptors in Minnesota by a bucket back in mid-January. And this was a game that, of course, no Carl Anthony Towns. There was also no Rudy Gobert. And, of course, this was also pre-D'Angelo Russell trade. Kyle Anderson had a 20-10 and 10 game in in a 20-10 performance in that game. What do you have exactly? 20, 20, exactly 20-10. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists in that game. Shot 8 of 9 from the field. The Wolves also got 25-6 and 6 from D'Lo in that game. Ant was not efficient, but he did have 7 assists. Just 5 of 16 shooting. The Wolves won by a bucket. And uh, they gave up. Uh, Fred Van Vliet and Scotty Barnes each had double-doubles in that game. And then they played in Toronto later in the season. This was in March, I believe. Yeah, mid-March, March 18th. And uh, not nearly as successful. They got blown out. There was no Anthony Edwards in this game. Still no Carl Anthony Towns. This is right before he came back. Jaden McDaniels led the Wolves in scoring with 18 points. And Pascal Siakam got the Wolves in this one. The The toughest thing about the Raptors matchup for the Wolves, like clearly Minnesota's just trying to um, com- compile, compile, compile works, but I'll say stockpile is a better word here. I'm trying to stockpile length and size, right? Big guards, big wings, big bigs, trying to play a multiple big lineup. Like Chris Finch wants to have a bunch of big dudes on the floor. Toronto is one of the few teams that has legitimate length through their lineup that could really bother the Wolves. Um, obviously, Ananobi and Scotty Barnes and, um, um, Oh my goodness. Siakam, Pascal Siakam. Those three are extremely long and extremely dangerous. You add in Pirtle, you add in Gary Trent, who, uh, not the biggest guard, but he's got some length. That's a really long lineup and they can combat the Wolves length with their own. It remains to be seen how they play for the new coach, what their playing style is going to be. I, I would imagine the offense may be clunky in game one, although it was very clunky last year. It was a lot of ISO ball that they played. Uh, so, this is a dangerous game. I mean, it's one of those that like, this is the trick with the Wolves actually having expectations now. It's been like this the last couple of years, but now with all this added pressure of like, hey, they got to get out to a good start. This is one of those that it's a tough game. So it's understandable if you lose on the road to a decent, like a 40 win team, right? That's not crazy. That happens. But at the same time, it's a game they're going to be favored in and a game they should win. And when the schedule came out, you know, you glance at it, oh, okay, at Toronto, that should be a win because they lost Nurse and, you know, they lost Van Vliet. It's not an easy, easy win, right? Like, this is a this is a tough game to open up the season. It's 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 just a, a tough matchup. Um, So, I like, I think the Wolves will win this, but it's not nearly the W that I think a lot of us may have chalked it up to right when the schedule came out. Um, so I'm looking at the at the uh, FanDuel line here right now. The Wolves are favored by a single point on the road in Toronto. It's a 6:30 tip on on Wednesday night. So um, it's tough. It's effectively a toss up, right? Like if they're favored by a point, um, I, I do think the Wolves will pull it out. Of course, no Jaden McDaniels. I should mention that as well. That was announced early on on Tuesday. The team said Jaden McDaniels would not play Wednesday. So that. Hurts, right? In the battle of length, you lose Jaden McDaniels. 
I would imagine we see Nick, Nikhil Alexander-Walker start. Kyle Anderson um, would be the other option if the Wolves chose to go that route, but I think it'll probably be Alexander-Walker as it was in the preseason when there were injuries. So um, look for him to be in the starting lineup. It's it's not it's not going to be a walk in the park for Minnesota. And I think Toronto, like I said, will be better than a lot of people think this year. So the keys for me, as always, is defensive rebounding, and that's probably a key to the game every single game this year until the Wolves prove that they can actually grab a rebound. Um, but especially against a team with this length and level of activity. And don't be sloppy with the ball because Toronto can be extremely disruptive due to the aforementioned length that they have and athleticism. Don't be sloppy with the ball. Be strong on the glass. And the rest should pretty much take care of itself. Like this is, the Wolves are a good team. This is a winnable game. And uh, even without Jaden McDaniels, it'd be imperative for them to come out with a victory and start 1-0 this season. All right, Thursday, as mentioned, we'll do the post-game podcast here. It'll be early Thursday morning that's posted. Check out the live postcast following the game. Uh, it will be live on YouTube on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, and then the audio will post on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota audio feed, I believe, pretty much right away after the live video happens. And then we'll do this show, uh, the, the post-game pod will post early Thursday. Also, later today, you're listening or watching this on Wednesday, midday today, we're going to have the the Minnesota Basketball Party episode um, previewing tonight's game with the whole group of people, Jack Borman from Canis Hoopis, Reggie Wilson, the the uh, lead sports anchor at CARE 11, and then also Re- uh, Ron Johnson from the Ron Johnson Show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, former Vikings and Gophers, former NFL receiver, former Gophers receiver. Um, we're going we're gonna to preview this game. We're going to talk about the Jaden McDaniels extension, which I covered extensively on this show on Tuesday, among other topics. So be sure to check that out later today to get your opening night Wolves fix. Again, that's the... Minnesota Basketball Party Show will be on this audio feed. If you're on YouTube, it'll be over at the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. But on audio, it will be on this feed, Locked On Wolves. So go make sure to check that out here later on today. All right, that's all we got for you today here on the show. Of course, we will have the postgame pod on Thursday. A big thank you to making this show your first listen every single day. Of course, it's free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can follow on X at B Beacon and at Lockdown T Wolves. We'll be live tweeting a bit here tonight. We'll get into that um, here right away at the start of the season. So follow along again at B Beacon or at Lockdown T Wolves. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.